Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Friday, October 15th, and we are here to talk about the rest of Week 6. We get to recap the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who got to play the Philadelphia Eagles last night, and then we will recap, not recap, we will talk about and preview the rest of the NFL Week 6 slate. It is Friday, which means I've got Dennis and Matt here with me. Gentlemen, how are we doing on this beautiful Friday? I'm doing fantastic. I don't have anything family related going on. I can actually be on the show. That's definitely a plus. Uh, I do need to take a look at, I think my next pair of glasses, I'm going with the anti-glare because it doesn't matter where I'm at. The, the, I have to have the screens bright enough so I can actually read them at my age. And it ends up uh, creating quite a glare on my glasses. So, you know, I'm just starting arguments in the chat about uh, players as I try to make a trade. Well, I'm uh, chilling in this new light pink void that we have not been able to uh, fill with anything. But our house is painted now. Uh, One room out of 10 is complete. I'm hoping by this time next week, all 10 rooms will be complete. Well, that's not 10 days. I hope it does not take 10 more days. (laughs) One room a day, right? God. At least at the end, we know that your wife is going to be very happy, and, and and we know you know happy wife, happy life, right? So it'll all be worth it, whether yep. it's seven more days or ten more days. We just our, I hear you. Our bedroom, they call it first light, but uh, I call it light pink. Um, our master bedroom is that color. The shared office where I usually podcast from uh, is that color. Um, I. Fortunately, it doesn't look like it shows up that well. Uh, and then our so bathroom I, is that color. What I hear is you're going to invest in a backdrop. Maybe. I mean, maybe I'm just expressing my my, my well-rounded side. Out. There's no good right. way to put that. No, I was going to say, it doesn't really look pink from what I'm looking no. at. It just looks white. So, you know. It doesn't look as pink as my shirt. Yeah, that's that's very true. Very true. All right, so before we jump into the Thursday night uh, talk here, we would like to say that we are proud to be a part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at uh, Pigskin Podnet on Twitter, or you can find them at search hashtag TPPN, as you can see up there in the top right corner. Top left-hand corner for you, top right-hand corner for me. I always mess that up. 
Uh, you guys can search that. It will have, wait, is it the top left-hand corner for them? It's right? the right-hand corner for me, but I'm on screen, so. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Now I'm confused. It's right for everyone. It's in a it top right corner. It is it's yeah, there we go. I'll just start saying that. It's in the top corner. Just figure out which one I'm talking about. You search that and uh, it'll pull up all the podcasts that are associated with that network. Um, it's a great group to be a part of. We're thrilled to be a part of them. So please check them out for any and all of your sporting needs. I mean, it's not snooker. You don't have to call your pocket, man. What? What happened? But it's it's not snooker. You don't have to call your pocket with where the logo is at. Well, you know, I just I hate well, I shouldn't say I hate being wrong. I'm I'm wrong quite often. All right, so the Buccaneers end up beating the Philadelphia Eagles here 28-22. Matt, the Bucs win handily. For, is Fournette turning into a top 12 option for fantasy at quarter, uh, quarterback, running back? I mean, maybe quarterback. You don't know. They got a lot they got a lot of season left to go. He might choose him over who's their backup, Blaine Gabbard or Kyle Trask. Kyle um, Trask, probably. He was RB15 through five weeks coming into last night, scored two rushing touchdowns, had quite a few passes that he caught. So I don't think that's going to do anything to slow him down. When they made that move last year, there was some thought that, hey, maybe they were going to get a top 10 running back. We didn't really see it materialize in 2020. Seemed like more of a split with Rojo. Rojo actually was better during the regular season. Fournette looked great in the postseason. They bring them all back. First couple of games, wasn't a lot going on, but it seemed like maybe more of a case of Ronald Jones playing himself out of the rotation than Leonard Fournette totally seizing the the spot. But since he's gotten the lion's share of the work, he's been great. And the way they're running and moving on offense, I think he could easily finish top 12. Yeah. You know, he's uh, – let's see, did it update? Yeah, he's, he's RB15 on the year on Fantasy Pros and PPR. Uh, I would have thought uh, – Filtering it for just the last three weeks would have moved him a little bit, but it didn't. It kept him right there. Uh, I think that Fournette, he's RB10 over the past two weeks. He's shown that he's the guy. You know, Brady clearly likes him. Um, You know, Jones, I I was wrong. I I was actually talking with Troy King on Twitter, uh, having a quick exchange earlier today or yesterday. I was wrong on Fournette. I thought Fournette, I thought the Arians would loved Ronald Jones's explosiveness, and they would tailor the game for him. That Fournette would still get some play, but it was going to be Jones primarily on early downs, so they could take advantage of his speed. Uh, Geo would play on most third downs, and Fournette would be the handcuff. I was wrong. Uh, Rojo had that fumble and has never seemed to be able to get it started. And while he clearly is the more explosive of the two backs, Fournette is well-rounded and is covering all the bases, making enough biggish plays to be able to uh, uh, get the job done. Yeah, and if they continue to lean on him, I don't see this going away. You know, something that we talked about earlier in the week that that they need to get a little bit more of the run game going. I do think that's that usually and typically helps out Brady. Uh, I don't think they want to throw it all over the place, even though they can with him and the weapons they have. Uh, but if Fournette can keep it going, that's going to make that offense just a little bit more well-rounded, a little bit harder for defenses to plan for. So uh, I think it would be good for them if he keeps it up. And I do think he has a talent, too. I mean, we've seen him be very good, not just 
just for fantasy, uh, but in the NFL and maybe a lot of last year and the reason why he struggled to get there was because of COVID. Maybe we all just kind of, you know, assume because he had a good game here and there that he was ready and, and sell, settled in, understood the playbook and everything and just didn't work out for him. So I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can continue doing that this year. Cause while I still like Rojo, he's just clearly not, I just don't think he's a good fit for that offense. That's the way I'll put it. Cause he definitely does have more explosiveness, but he's just for whatever reason, not a really good fit for the Buccaneers offense. What are we doing with the Eagles? Do you feel good starting anyone outside of Hertz? And then Matt, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about the Ertz trade afterwards. Let's let's focus on the Eagles here, and then we'll get into Zach Ertz being traded. Yeah, I mean Hertz. I think we've talked about may not be an incredible NFL quarterback at this point, but he's been solid gold for fantasy. Miles Sanders last night, eight point six PPR points. That was his season a high. That probably tells you all you need to know about where he's at right now. I think for me, Devonta Smith. I like the talent. Probably going to be hit or miss. Goddard, um, especially with Ertz moving on, which we'll talk about in a minute. I think Goddard when he comes back, probably a guy given the tight end position that I feel comfortable firing up in my lineup that's just about it right now yeah i mean obviously the earth's leaving makes me well you know god has actually been pretty good for the first couple of weeks anyway he's kind of been yeah. the main guy there so i'm with you there and then Hertz is really the only other guy i believe in i mean obviously i think miles sanders is still a very good running back and i think that he can be good but as you mentioned the fact that Last night was his highest points in a week, and it's 8.6. Just be said, for whatever reason, they're not running the ball a lot. And I think a lot of that is on Sirianni. Uh, he just looks overmatched at times. Uh, I, I actually put a lot of what's going on with Philly on him because we saw how good, and granted, I guess you could take it with a grain of salt that it was against Atlanta, who we know is not going to be a good team. They've actually played pretty good down the stretch, and they put up a good fight against other teams outside of Philly. So I think it speaks a lot more to Phillies just not getting into a groove offensively that they were in week one because I actually don't think Jalen Hurts has been quite as bad. Again, I'm still not going to say he's not the answer, but he's not. I'm not saying that he is the answer for Philly. Sirianni's got to got to figure out what he's doing. I think, honestly, maybe he needs to step aside and let somebody else run the offensive play calling and him focus on being a head coach. Uh, but just because of garbage time for production and what he can do with his legs, Hurts is – Outside of Goddard, I'm with you. The only guy I feel comfortable starting. Well, the big concern I have with Hertz, though, is that, yes, he's good for fantasy right now because he's getting the rushing stuff, but that's not translating to wins. And if it doesn't translate to wins, that means they're going to get another quarterback. So I don't know how comfortable you can be investing in him long term from a fantasy perspective. I feel like... If Sanders keeps popping when given the chance like he did yesterday, at some point, I mean, even Urban Meyer figured out give James Robinson the ball. So at some point, I feel like Sirianni will go, okay, maybe we should do more of that. I don't know. It didn't really uh, seem to happen last year with Jonathan Taylor. That's what I was going to say. From where he's come from and the head coach that he played for, or played for, that he worked with, and his connection, Frank Wright, that is actually what scares me even more is that I, I don't know that Miles Sanders is going to get any more work. We we saw, and I, I don't think it's out of line to say Jonathan Taylor is even better than, than Miles Sanders. And we saw Jonathan Taylor felt like at times had to like fight for every single opportunity on the field. And he, he was great every time he got the ball and yet they still didn't want to give it to him. And Miles Sanders is not near that talent. 
Philly doesn't have near that offensive line, and yet they're still doing the same thing. So I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I will like I said, it was it's just weird to me that again, I'm no football savant. I'm not trying to say that I could call plays better than Nick Sirianni, but when I'm watching the game and it feels like they're running like the same five plays. And, and you're running plays where you have Jalen Hurts running and and kind of moving the pocket out to his right. Then you have their best wide receiver, Devonta Smith, on the whole other opposite side of the field. You're kind of limiting what Jalen Hurts can do because you do not want him. He doesn't have the arm strength to pass across his body to be wide open because there's multiple times that Devonta Smith was wide open on the other side of the field. Then the other thing I will say is, is that Nick Sirianni having him do that? Is Hurts doing that on his own? That part I don't know. Uh, but it's just the offense just doesn't look right after since that first week. So I have a lot of questions about it. We'll see. I, I don't think – Matt, I know, mentioned this, I believe, on Wednesday's show. Maybe it was Monday's. That he thinks down the line, if they continue to play this way and the losses don't come, that they might go to Gardner. I don't think that happens. I still think they stick with Hurts the whole year. So – Dynasty wise, I do agree with you, Dennis. You may have you may be betting on an asset that's going to lose value here by the end of the season. I, I still think unless injury hurts stays the starting quarterback all year. But we should take a moment of silence for Jalen Rager, who apparently died and nobody told us. Oh man. He got interfered with so much yesterday, though. I'm my goodness. What is it? I know I saw some of the big he interference nine penalties. And half, nine and a half points of pass interference yards. That's what I was gonna say. He had 90 <laughs> yards of pass interference on him. Like that's if, just ridiculous. If we got those points, I might be all for it. Awesome. But yeah, it just you know it's hard enough to believe the way they're passing that they're gonna sustain one or two passing assets. They're never gonna be able to get three. It doesn't look yeah. like the way they're going. Yeah, All right, so go ahead. Real quick on Zach Ertz. He gets traded to the uh, the Cardinals. Reports came out today. It seemed like that deal was pretty much done. Ertz wanted to go out and play one more time with the Eagles. He knew the trade was coming Friday. Um, obviously, from a very small sample size, looks like that's going to be a very good thing for the Cardinals and for Zach Ertz. We saw Max Williams was having a very good year. So far in that position, again, we, we joked last week or two weeks ago how uh, maybe um, Cliff Kingsbury finally realized what the tight end position was on his roster. Getting a guy like Zach Ertz is, I think, amazing for that offense and going to just help them be again to continue to be the top offense in the NFL. I do worry a little bit about what this might mean for him fantasy-wise because they have so many weapons, but I do think at best it could mean that he is just going to be a touchdown machine for the Cardinals and a guy that Murray looks for a lot in the red zone. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, the Cardinals, I said before, they continue to have a really great setup for real-life NFL. That's one of the reasons they're 5-0. and It's one of the reasons they're going to contend. Adding Ertz, you know, puts it right in the mix. They have four receivers. They have two running backs. They have a good quarterback for fantasy it's going to continue to be a struggle last week. You know, we talked about how I thought Chase Edmonds and DeAndre Hopkins were at least the guys that had the safest floor. And both of them rolled out last week and looked crap. The just, bed. Yeah. Crap the bed. So you probably have seven guys aside from Murray that you're interested in potentially playing. Good luck guessing who's going to go off week to week. Well, I think you kind of group them in, clusters a bit you've got 
Nuke. Well, Nuke is going to be up and down some, I think, as he's getting older. Uh, I think that he doesn't quite recover from the beating that he initiates a lot of times. Uh, so he does play dinged up a little more. But I think then you're going to have A.J. Green and Zach Ertz in one cluster, Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk in another cluster. So there's going to be there is going to be some hit and miss there, but they're throwing the ball over 30 times a game. So you know if Hopkins is probably going to go from 12 targets a game to 10, nine, uh, and then you're going to the rest of them are going to I think typically be you know four to seven targets. It's going to come down to productivity with those. They have a high-powered offense, and as long as they they keep playing at a high level, I think people are going to go ahead and get points. Are they going to, you know, are you going to get the 200-yard games from Hopkins, 15 catches, 200-yard games, and two touchdowns? Probably not as frequently, um, but you're going to still get some pretty high-level um, performances from from Cardinals players. I mean, I know one of the ways that I would have used to kind of figure this stuff out, you know, Bob Harris has a suite of tools, the Flash Pro update over at fantasypros.com. And using the usage breakdown, the snap shares, the targets, distributions, uh, who's playing against what cornerback uh, on there is, is a, a great tool that will help you all win your league. Get the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame at diehard, footballdiehards.com, the Flash Update Pro. Full suite of tools to help make your fantasy make you a better fantasy manager. Rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and much, much more. Use code Roundtable for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. Um, I know as we play, you know, we used to play a lot of Dynasty, which I still do, but now as I've started to play in some more redraft leagues, I find myself using the tool more frequently uh, to kind of help me stay middle of the pack as opposed to like towards the end of the bottom half. Well, speaking of bottom half, we've got a bottom half NFL game here in London this week for week one as we start previewing the games here. The 1-4 Miami Dolphins at the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are 0-5 in London, which is really kind of their second home. Matt, two is supposed to be back. Will he help perk up the Dolphins' offense? Well, it's hard to imagine it could be any worse. Um, the Dolphins, I thought they had potential to be a playoff contender preseason. They have looked lost on both sides of the ball. Uh, hopefully getting Tua back will do something positive for them, at least for Jalen Watt. Well, you know, Devontae Parker's out again this week. We saw last week Miles Gaskin went off with 10 catches. I, I think Tua's – I don't think there's any argument that Tua is a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I think Jalen Waddell, Mike Gesicki, and uh, this week even my guy Preston Williams maybe uh, could be in for a little bit of a, a boost. And they're playing the Jaguars who, you know, aren't terrific. Uh, they will, Jags will have home field advantage though. So, you know, there is that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. It can't get worse than what we've seen with Jacoby Brissett the past couple weeks. Um, you know, if we're being honest Tua wasn't off to a great start to begin with either. So I'm interested to see, I just hope he doesn't kind of 
kill the um, the momentum Miles Gaskin was making last weekend. He looked like he was finally really getting involved. I'd like to see that happen. Um, I'd like to see Jalen Waddle and these guys continue to to get more work. Dennis, is it finally the week though for the Jaguars? I mean, you just mentioned they're going to have that home field advantage in London. They're they're kind of like the London Jaguars. Miami's defense has been bad. I mean, it's not even like okay. It's it's just been bad. Well, I think that the Jags have been getting progressively better. You know, their running game with Robinson is doing well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is starting to get his feet under him. I don't think anybody doubted Trevor Lawrence's talent. Uh, You know, Marvin Jones is there. DJ Chark is out. But Visca, uh, you know what, last week I think he laid a goose egg. But prior to that, uh, he was starting to come around some. Uh, Are they going to... You know, this if if not this week, when I think it's definitely a winnable game for them, and doing it in front of your home crowd and your home opener, you know, that's always a good thing. Uh, I home opener. I I think that uh, you know, I like I I like the Jaguars to be able to score points. The question is, will Miami kind of get back in stride with Tua? Or is it going to take him a week to sort of hit his stride again? Um, I'm leaning uh, Dolphins this week, but I'm not going to be surprised if the Jags win one. Yeah, the Jags play well in London. It's definitely a winnable game. Then I reminded myself that Urban Meyer and Daryl Bevel are making the trip, and uh, no. Well, at least Earl, or at least Earl, Urban will fly home alone. You don't know. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I do think that this is a chance for the Dolphins to get upset. I want to pick the Jags just because I've been kind of getting lucky with my my upsets here. But I do think Tua coming back is going to help kind of boost this offense just a little bit. While we've mentioned that the Dolphins defense is bad, so are, so is the Jaguars. And Dolphins have a couple better pieces on offense. So I'm going to stick with the Dolphins here, though. I, I do think they end up getting the win. I mean, if there's anything go- that could make, make it work, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is QB 13 the last two weeks, QB 24 on the season. So he's starting to make some plays with his legs and with his arms. Uh, and running James Robinson is, is starting to work for them. So This is the week that Xavier Howard remembers that he plays for the Dolphins. I'm almost talking my I'm, – I'm taking the Jaguars. I'm changing my vote. I'm taking the Dolphins. I'll pray for you. All right, next up, the 4-1 Green Bay Packers at the 3-2 Chicago Bears. Dennis, anyone other than the big three do you, we want to start for the Packers? In case those of you who may be listening don't know who the big three are, that is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Um, you know, I don't think so. I, 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 so it depends on how deep your leagues are. In a traditional redraft league with one, maybe two flexes, uh, if you went running back heavy instead of wide receiver heavy, you might want to stick uh, A.J. Dillon in there. Um, I don't think the Bears are playing quite the level of defense that they were a couple years ago. Um, but I, I feel like this is a game where it could get off to uh, a quick and big lead for Green Bay. And they could end up, you know, hammering Dylan. Give he might get twelve or fourteen carries, 
they've shown that they're not afraid to let him play. Uh, and he, Aaron Jones and Dylan seem to be developing uh, quite a good relationship, much like uh, uh, Jamal Williams and Jones had. So there isn't a lot of there isn't any animus when Dylan goes in. Jones doesn't feel like he's being mistreated. He he understands how the offense works and what the role is. So uh, I might I might be willing to play Dylan. There's still that hope that Bob Tunyon may end up getting back on the the efficient touchdown train, but that's only because I'd only play him because of bye week desperation. Yeah, that's uh, for me. I, I unfortunately am in a situation between injuries and buys where I have to throw Tunyon out. I don't feel great about it. I think outside of the big three, somebody for the Packers, you know, last week it was Dylan, a couple of weeks ago it was Cobb. One of the weeks it was Tunyon has a decent game. Good luck picking. Yep, which is why I agree. I'm starting the big three. I wouldn't yeah. even until start MBS Tunyon. gets back. And until MBS gets back, it is pretty much just the big three. Look at you alone on that island. I mean, if if I could still get uh, Ricky Seals Jones off waivers, I'd rather start him than than Robert Tunyon at this point. Uh, it's really just those three for me. Uh, how do we feel about Allen Robinson? So I have not seen any practice reports for him not practicing today. He has missed most of the week with an ankle injury. Granted, he's a vet, so if they do say he's good to go, still trust him. This has got to be it, right? I mean, Jair Alexander is out, one of the best cover corners in the game. If there is ever a game Allen Robinson is going to get going, it's got to be this one. He was, uh, you know, for my sit start for campus to Canton, he was my wide receiver sit. He's wide receiver 61 on the season. Turns out, as we talked about before, the kryptonite for Allen Robinson, who's been quarterback proof, is playing with the best uh, quarterback he's ever played with. Justin Fields still learning how to play quarterback, only 438 passing yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, 51.4% completion. Uh, you know, so far this season, I'm not sure he gets it going in a huge way against Green Bay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that this is the the week that he starts to come around. Uh, you know, the Bears have lost David Montgomery and Damian Williams, so they're going to be relying on the rookie Khalil Herbert. Um, and so it's going to be, uh, you know, I think the, if you're going to bet the over on Justin Fields' rushing yards. This is probably the week to do it. Uh, but I think that uh, they're going to throw the ball enough that unless Robinson has dropped, I think that Green Bay's defense can be had in the backfield with Jair Alexander out. And, you know, we, we can, you know, joke about him being quarterback proof until he got a good quarterback. Uh, you know, sometimes things just don't break their way for a few weeks, and I feel like that's sort of what's happening with Robinson. Well, I think this week he gets off the schneid and, and puts up a decent fantasy week. I hope so, because uh, I need him in a couple places. Like I said, I, I think this is definitely the the one with, with, that, with Jair Alexander not being there. You got Darnell Mooney banged up. Both David Montgomery and Damian Williams. I think fire up Khalil Herbert. Had a good game last week. I think he's in for a huge Robinson game. is officially questionable. I just looked. He logged practice today, so that should make you feel Okay, better. so I think he'll play then. If he if he practiced today, I would say chances are he's going to play Sunday. So this is it. If he doesn't, uh, I'm going to have some serious questions about him moving forward. But uh, if, like I said, fi- fire up Khalil, Khalil Herbert, baby. 
It's a game he's good. Over 16 points this week, I think. He's going to get a touchdown. Going to have a good game. Uh, that being said, I'm picking the Packers, though. I'd love to pick the fighting Justin Fields yeah. slash Khalil Herberts, but I, I think the Packers are going to win the game. Packers for me. Go, Pack, go. The 3-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals at the 0-5 Detroit Lions. Matt, the Bengals stumbled last week. Do they pick it back up this week against the Lions? Yep, I, I think they're going to be in for a good, good showing. You know, it seems like uh, Mixon should be even healthier after kind of splitting time last week. P. Ryan's on COVID list, so it should be all Mixon, and I'm looking for Jamar Chase uh, to do pretty well against that secondary. I don't know if they stumbled. I mean, they played the Green Bay Packers. It wasn't like they were playing, you know, the, the Lions. So I, I think that the Bengals are, you know, unfortunately I'm going to pick the Bengals to win. I just think they're, while their defense is, is probably as bad as Detroit's, I think Cincinnati's offense is supremely more powerful uh, than Detroit's. And so, you know, fire up Chase, fire up Mixon. Hell, i I'm firing up CJ Uzamo over Robert Tunyon, that's for sure. Yeah, I they should have beaten Green Bay. We actually should probably be talking about the four and one Cincinnati Bengals right now, but I'm with you. I think that's secondary for Detroit. While Detroit has definitely kept every game close, I believe, outside of one. I mean, they've been in every game. This feels like a game for this passing attack to bounce back in a major way. I think uh Chase is out there is going to have a very good game. Higgins, Mixon being healthy is, is a good thing as well. But, Dennis, what uh, what should we expect from your Detroit Lions this week? I think you should temper your expectations, all right? we, we I think we should expect them to play hard. I think you know, DeAndre Swift will have a good game. Uh, Jamal Williams will contribute. You know, Hawkinson is struggling this year. Um they do get Taylor Decker back this week, I think, but I believe Sewell might be out now. Uh, Ragnow is gone for the year. So there's what was a strength coming into the year. Their offensive line is turned into uh, a liability thanks to injury. Um, but, you know, they, they don't have great receivers. Uh, St. Brown, they lost Cephas. St. Brown is the best of them. Uh, Khalif Raymond is uh, in that, you know, I don't want to use the Julian Edelman because he's not that good, but that, that Adam Humphreys, Hunter Renfro kind of mold, you know, short area burst gets open and with quick stuff. Um, the Tyrell Williams, I, is Tyrell Williams back this week? I know he was, he was tracking to, to come off IR. So, you know, that may give him a, a deep threat that they, they haven't had. Um, but no, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the Lions. You know, they're, they're having a, a rough year. And I think right now uh, the goal is to keep them playing hard uh, for 60 minutes and, and not check out. Actually, so I'm wrong. They updated today. Uh, he said Tyrell Williams will not come off IR this week. Um. You know, I think we're going to see what we've seen from the Lions all season. They're a scrappy team that fights hard that's not as talented as most of the teams they're going against. It's going to be the same the same way the Bengals are a better team. Yep, I agree. I mean, start DeAndre Swift. I honestly think if, if you have, which you probably don't have better options, start somebody over TJ Hawkinson. I'm a little bit worried about him right now and the way he's been playing. But uh, 
you know, even though Cincinnati's defense has been very good against the run, Swift has been amazing this year. We were all kind of worried about that split between him and Jamal Williams, and it seems to very much favor DeAndre Swift, uh, and especially with the catches he's getting. So I think Swift is in for another big week here. Outside of him, I would love to see what Amon Ross St. Brown looks like. Really good last week. Want to see that continue. Uh, but Swift is the only guy that I'm, I'm willing to start. Anyone picking the upset here in the uh, Lions beating the Bengals? No. Same. So clean sweep for the Bengals here. Next up, the 1-4 Texans at the 1-4 Colts. Dennis, uh, do we feel more comfortable playing anyone from the Texans? I mean, Brandon Cook, you know, we we saw uh, – boy, that's – that must have been a picture of you when you were younger, Matt. Um, you're muted, so we don't know what you're saying. But. I don't know. It overwrote my account. I wonder if it's because I was on um, the other one today. Uh, Probably. If So if you're on somebody else's account, that's why if you ever watch any of ours with Campus to Canton, because we all use the same one now, and so it has my picture on there whenever anybody else goes. If, it's, if someone sets it as that, if you're using anything of theirs, that, that's what it does. So, you know, Brandon Cook, Davis Mills is starting to comport himself fairly admirably. Um, I heard him talking this morning on Sirius XM. Uh, they were comparing Mills's throwing ability and the naturalness of his throwing ability uh, to the unnatural throwing ability of Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, they were basically saying that, well, Hertz works hard and tries hard when it comes to throwing the ball. He's just not a natural thrower. And I think we've seen that throughout his career. Uh, I don't know if Mills has the processing speed uh, to be a, a starting NFL quarterback. Uh, I think he's a little slow on his decision making sometimes, but he does have a, a decent arm. Uh, I think, you know, Davis Mills is kind of Jared Goff. He needs to have everything be perfect around him, uh, and then he can execute. But if it gets a little haywire, then then he's not going to uh, be able to pull it off. So, um, you know, in a desperation situation, you might start Mills. Uh, I, you know, are you starting Mills over Geno Smith maybe? Um, some of those deep dynasty leagues, you got some guys with, you know, that have been able to amass three or four starting quarterbacks. Uh, you may be better off starting Brandon Cooks in your super flex spot. Um, but the running game is a hot mess. Who knows what's going on with the tight ends there. So basically it's Cooks, Davis Mills out of desperation. And maybe at some point we'll see Chris Conley or somebody step up. You know, Nico Collins should be coming back fairly soon. So maybe somebody will step up in that second uh, wide receiver role there. But I'm not crossing my fingers just yet. Yeah, there's no one I feel comfortable or excited to start. Uh, Brandon Cooks, you're, you're probably putting out there. The one I mentioned earlier this week that um, I'm watching is to see if Chris Moore can keep it up because we saw flashes when he was with Baltimore. He obviously comes over. David Culley is familiar with him. He looked really great last week, but I need to see it again. Yeah, it's just Cook for me. I, I think he can bounce back a little bit this week and have another good game. He, he's been good all season. Last week was Davis Mills' best performance, obviously. I do think some of that was the Patriots saying, hey, like we want him to beat us, uh, and he almost did. 
Uh, so I, I think uh, I think he deserves some credit there. Uh, but but Cook is really the only one for the Texans, which sucks because they've got three at least I would say interesting running backs, but just can't seem to really give one of them the ball. So. Matt, are we in for another good game for Jonathan Taylor? I mean, everything is pointing towards it, but we know who the head coach is. I mean, I really hope so. He was really involved as a runner and a receiver last week and looked really good. Um, hopefully they will get that going again. Not a defense that scares you. And the Colts looked uh, – it was their best offensive week, I think, so far this season they really need to get the wins piled up. Yeah, you know – I think that we're starting to see the team develop an identity. They're, you know, Reich is going to continue to outsmart himself when it comes to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, that's because that's just who he is. He's going to have some stretches where Taylor's going to get some nice run. Uh, but at some point, after Taylor does what he did last week, Reich is going to put in Naheem Hines on third every third down of a game, every two minute drill, every four minute drill. And, it, and, you know, it's going to cut into Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton's coming back, I believe, this week. He might be out one more week, but he's, he's getting ready to be activated. I don't know what he has left in the tank. I think it's a little bit different than what uh, Zach Pascal and Curtis, uh, not Curtis, uh, Paris Campbell uh, bring to the table. So he's got a little more of that deep outside speed. So he may be able to open up some more of that underneath stuff. And we've seen Mo Alley Cox flash. You know, Mo is part of that, you know, tight end eight through 20. Uh, and he's going to, you know, give you 15 points one week and three points the next week. So I, I think that it's, you know, you ride Taylor and hope for the best because we know he can do it. Uh, Pittman is, is, I think Pittman's good to go. We're witnessing a breakout with him. You know, he, he uh, for lack of a more modern term, uh, he mossed that dude uh, on Monday night he went on that touchdown. He kind of fought the hell out of him and took the ball and scored. So I, I like what Pittman's doing. Um, I expect him to continue to rise up the ranks as well. All right. Who are you guys picking to win this game, the Texans or the Colts? Colts. Man, you guys made a good case for the Colts, so I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> As am I. The 4-1 Los Angeles Rams are going up against the 1-4 New York Giants. Dennis, are we back to feeling confident in starting Robert Woods? I I was never not confident in starting Robert Woods. Um, I do think that there has been, you know, that each of them are going to have some down games two or three of them in a row even, but it wasn't like Woods was not being targeted early in the season. Um, but Cup was just producing really, really well. Um, so, no, I think Woods is, you know, at the beginning of the season, preseason, I think there was some hope on, um, I'm going to say my part, maybe some other analyst part that maybe they would be both top 15, top 16 wide receivers. You know, maybe it's more they're both top 24 receivers and they they alternate who's the wide receiver one and who's the wide receiver two. But I think uh, Woods is going to be just fine. He's still going to get some of the running plays, and I think that's something he does uh, that adds a little bit to, to his production. Um, 
I, I guess for me, I'm a little surprised that uh, Van Jefferson hasn't been more consistent in the wide receiver three role. Um, but then there's a lot of mouths to feed with the running backs and the tight end and two stud wide receivers. So, Yeah, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think Cooper Cup ends up finishing as a wide receiver one. Uh, I think he's clearly number one. What was encouraging about what we saw with the usages, I'm with you that I probably wasn't not starting Robert Woods, but you started to worry, are we going to see Robert Woods wide receiver 14, which we've seen the last few years, or Robert Woods wide receiver 30, which is what it was looking like last week, gave you more hope that you're going to come back and by the end of the year see Robert Woods around wide receiver 14 be a solid wide receiver too. I feel like he's probably going to be more in the 18 to 20 range. I feel like Cup is going to be top 10, Woods is going to be top 20. I still think he's going to be close to 12. I'm not giving up on him. I've left him in my my lineup this entire time. We've seen this even, uh, I want to say it was three years ago when Cup, I think, finished as like a top five wide receiver. May even been like wide receiver one. I don't remember. He had like that. No, I think he was wide called. receiver four. Okay, so he finished top five, and I believe Woods was like 14 or yeah. 12 even. Like he, he had an amazing year. I think that happens. I just... When you have a quarterback and wide receiver cooking like that, it's just hard to kind of like call plays. It's Sean McVay, who is as great of an offensive mind as he is, to be like, okay, well, even though everything Matt Stafford throws, Cooper Cup is catching, let's go throw like 10 balls to Robert Woods now. I think that was working so well, he wanted to keep that groove going. I think Robert Woods, I don't know that he does as great as he did last week, but I think the game plan with what they used him for is going to continue. So I think he's in for a a great year now. I'm keeping him in. Matt Barkley is out, though, for the Giants. Uh, Do you like Devontae Booker uh, in this matchup this week? Yeah, I think he could be a serviceable running back, too, especially given the state of running back. Uh, the Giants have a dearth of weapons, and we've seen running backs have uh, some success against the Rams um, and their Rams defense this year. Booker managed to find his way into the end zone last week, even after Daniel Jones and Galladay and everybody else was gone. He's a decent little uh, runner and pass catcher. Uh, I think he's going to have an okay day. I, I think – you know, running back 18 to 20 is the ceiling you're hoping for with Booker. I feel like he's more of a running back 28 to 30 uh, this week. I mean, we've watched, we've seen Booker. He's what, an eight-year veteran now, seven-year veteran? You know, you, you Matt Fox. Have this seen is his probably. sixth season. You've seen more Devontae Booker than any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I just don't, I don't feel like, the offensive line of the Giants, and and while the Rams are not playing at as high a level as they have in the past on defense, um, I feel like they're gonna try with with Jones playing, Kadarius Tony showing out like he has been, possibly getting Shepard and or Slayton back. I, I feel like they're gonna try to move the ball through the air a little more. Yeah, but Booker was Booker put up 21 points last week in PPR yeah. with only running for 42 yards on 16 carries. He doesn't have to have an incredible day. He managed to pound his way into the end zone. He's going to catch three or four passes. They were peppering Barkley with five to six passes. I doubt that changes. Uh, you know, with not having it, Galladay's not going to play. I'm not sure Evan Ingram's good. 
Shepard's on the fence. Tony was on the fence. Slayton's on the fence. The Rams have a better secondary than they do uh, run stoppers, and their preferred defensive tactic that they've used this season has been more daring teams to try to beat them with the run and to take away the passing game. Yeah, that's why I think he's he's at least an RB2 this week. He, I think he's going to be fine. I do think they'll pass the ball some, but when they get down in the red zone, I would not be surprised if they lean on Booker. And if he gets you a couple touchdowns, I mean, that's that's going to help you this week. He, he doesn't have Barkley's ceiling, but I do think he has a, a fairly safe floor. I mean, the Giants are not nearly as bad as their 1-4 record says they are. They're, they've been pr- fairly competitive. I do think it's helpful that Jones is likely going to be out there because if they were going Mike Glennon as the backup, maybe that's a little bit rougher situation. Uh, But I, but I would, I'd start Booker. If you have Barkley and you got him, fire him up. Chances are you don't have much better. I mean, if it came down to like two guys that you picked up off the waiver wire this week and like a Booker Herbert situation, I would lean Khalil Herbert because I do think he's got a little bit more upside, but, uh, I, I don't see why you wouldn't. I, I do think Booker can have a good game here. So what are you what are your guys' feelings about Barkley rest of the season? I'm fine with him. I think he's gonna be back. I mean they said it's a low angle strain. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he'll be back probably I think what they got a bye week next week, so I imagine that he'll be back after the bye. I know it's easy to label him injury prone, but it's been like well, Torres ACL on his well, he to- but it, he hasn't though. It's been two years. He 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 tore his ACL last year, which again, I mean, the year prior, he he sprained an ankle, missed, and then was not very usable for big chunks of the season too. It's really back to his rookie year. I mean, I, I that we saw like, the Saquon Barkley. I feel like we're chasing rookie year Ch- Saquon Barkley production, and. I'm concerned, you know, I have six shares of Barkley across my league. And I feel like I, I, I feel like I'm as harsh as this sounds, I feel like I'm getting ready to get Todd Gurley. I mean no. that's a stretch, I know, but man, there's some of us like I mean, part of it is the Giants don't have a very good team. And it seemed like what happened to him against Dallas was a freak thing. He he put his foot on somebody else's foot while he's out there running around. Yeah. I mean, he, that's, so, that's a freak play. Yeah. I still think by the end of the season, he's either top tier running back two or running back one in terms of total scoring. So that's, would you, would you trade uh, Austin Eckler straight up for Barkley right now? No. Yes, I would. I, I, I mean, Eckler's going to be good. I believe in Barkley. Well, wait, are you talking him. about Dynasty or Redraft? Oh, Dynasty. Because I thought you were talking about this year. That's what your question had been. Well, about. because because I feel like I'm chasing rookie production, and I feel like now for the last couple of years, that's what, what the fantasy community has been doing is we're chasing rookie Saquon Barkley. And if he's not – if he's going to be, you know, somewhere between – RB8 and RB16, I think we need to stop valuing him as RB1, 2, or 3, which is where we kind of do value him. Why do we value CMC as running back one if he's continually injured every single year? Well, that's a great question. It's you know, because uh, of the I, talent, though. That That's the thing, right? 
Barkley has the talent. Whether we're chasing rookie season points or not, we know what he can be at his ceiling. Granted, Eckler's probably close to that. I, I do think Eckler's a very good running back. I'm not going to call Barkley injury-prone because, it's again, it's been, as Max just mentioned, had he not, and I understand you can then argue, but he still did, had he not stepped on dude's foot and rolled his ankle, he probably goes out there and has a very good game based on what we saw from Devontae Booker, and we're not having a conversation about him being injury-prone. It's just been a weird set of circumstances that happens. Whenever people bring this up, I always go back and refer to Keenan Allen, who a lot of people bailed on after his first couple of years in the NFL because he was always injury-prone with these freak accidents, not accidents, but freak injuries. And now look at the dude. He's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Barkley has so much talent that I think it's fair to chase what he did his rookie season based on that. He's not a – who's – I feel like this is I, David Montgomery. If you ever watch this, I apologize. I don't think you're a bad running back, but I feel like if we were talking about a David Montgomery-esque running back, who I understand finishes a top five running back last year and was good so far this year, I think it's fair to say he's not talent-wise as good as the Saquon Barkley. If he was getting injured consistently, I do think it'd be f- not fair to say he's injury-prone, but fair to wonder about him. Give me the upside of Barkley every single day of the week. And if I end up missing three, four years down the road because he's continually getting injured, that's a miss I'm okay, I'm willing to make. Because the upside, if he's not injured anymore, he only misses a game or two here and there, you're getting a, CMC might be too much to say, but you're getting a RB2, I think, every single week in your lineup. For a guy who, Austin Eckler's what, RB10-ish more than likely? Like you're not, I don't think he's, he's rarely going to give you an RB1 week where Barkley, that is in his range of outcomes every single week. I would say, though, the Giants give me pause because I think they're poised on the edge, especially as it does not look like they're going to have success this season to potentially blow it up. And what does that mean for Barkley? Because I think this offense in general held him back a little bit for a couple of years as well. I agree, and again, you're you're then now having to base this on like a one-game sample size, but two weeks ago, or yeah, two weeks ago when he was healthy, his offensive line was still bad, and he had that great game. And as you mentioned, I think the biggest thing is they're not afraid to pepper him with targets, which is huge because he is so good in the receiving game. All it takes is for him to break that big run, and he, and he, right. and he can well, do that. So I accepted the trade. In a rebuild, I tra- just traded Eckler for Barkley just now. I had uh, other trades on the table. One was the 107 and Travis Etienne for Eckler. I had the 103 and Kadarius Tony for Eckler. I feel honestly, I feel like I'll be able to trade Barkley for more than I tr- could have traded Eckler for. So I guess it, in a team that's not competing, either I'm gonna have a great running back next year or I'm going to, he's going to do well this year and I'm going to move him for more assets to help further my rebuild. We'll see what happens. All right. So I'm picking though, the Rams to win this game. Yeah, what about you? Too. Rams. Yeah, I'm going Rams. All right. The two and three Kansas city chiefs at the two and three Washington football team, Matt, what should we expect from Darrell Williams who is replacing CEH? 
I mean, I think he's going to give a serviceable performance. You know, it could be around running back two value, depending on whether he gets into the end zone or not. CEH hasn't been putting up gaudy numbers. Uh, running back hasn't been a huge part of what they've been doing. And Williams was getting some of the goal line and red zone work anyway. So I, I think it's going to be just fine. I mean, early in the season, they were bringing Williams in on crucial third downs. So Andy Reid has all of the confidence in the world that Daryl Williams can execute uh, the offense. And, you know, it's not like they're asking their running back to carry the ball 25 times. You know, it, we're probably looking at, I think, what, is, what was CEH's high on carries this season? 14, 16, something like that. I don't think Williams has quite the explosiveness as CEH does, and he probably is just a touch less refined as a pass catcher, but he's better in um, pass protection. You know, Jarek McKinnon will get some in there. Who knows? Maybe they make the deal for Marlon Mack. It's possible. There have been the rumors. Yeah, I wouldn't. He'd actually be third if we're talking about backup running backs right now, and we're about to talk about some more here in a minute. Uh, I would start both Khalil Herbert and Devontae Booker over Williams. I, I don't he's I don't think gonna get that much in the receiving game. And and as Dennis mentioned, I don't think they're gonna run him that much. I, I think Washington's gonna come out here and just kind of pass the ball over this Washington team that's been bad. So I'm not expecting a lot out of him. Matt, the Chiefs defense has struggled. Um Terry McLaurin got the dreaded D and P today. Yeah, but they said he is they said he's playing on Sunday. It was precautionary. Well, still, how do you feel about him and Antonio Gibson this week? Yeah, they're both a little bit banged up, which gives you pause, but they're also the only great uh, pieces of that Washington offense that are available. Um, both are tracking to play. When you're playing Kansas City, you have to put up points. I'm hoping for a solid game from both of them, especially given that Chiefs defense. I mean, you didn't see that game DeAndre Carter had last week? Look fabulous. I I I have concerns that Washington will be able to produce. I, I do think that while uh, Antonio Gibson is going to play, um, there the fractured shin is an issue. Um, they're going to be behind, so JD McKissick will get uh, some playing time, ample playing time on passing downs. Um, who knows? Maybe. Uh, Matt's favorite, Jace Sternberger, will get on the field. Now, I, I suspect he'll be an inactive, but uh, uh, I hope so because I got, had to pick up Ricky Seals-Jones in a league. So I think you can start Ricky Seals-Jones. I, I think he's going to be very, very good this week. Chiefs have been bad against the tight end too. Uh, I think he's in for a big game here. I mean, he was getting targeted even when Logan Thomas was on the field. Last week he had a pretty decent game. I think it's gonna. I actually think this might be one of the higher scoring games of the week. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs defense has not been good. They haven't been good against the run either. So I think Gibson's in for a big one. The only player I'm semi worried about is McLaurin. But as Matt just mentioned, it was just it was more of like a precaution thing. So that's good. I was a little worried about him. Obviously not practicing on Friday. Um, and I do think that that's who the Chiefs defense is going to try to stop as well. But Heineke, I think, bounces back a little bit. I, mean, I think this is going to be a really good game for fantasy, so I'm, I'm in on all of those guys. And even though I am in on all of the Washington players here, I'm not picking them to win the game. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking the Me Chiefs, too. too. Well, I think it could be a high-scoring game. I feel like high-scoring, like 49-28, to 28, 
uh, like as in not particularly close high scoring. All right, that gets us to the two and three Minnesota Vikings at the three and two Carolina Panthers. Matt Dalvin Cook not on the injury report this week. What do you expect from him? Yeah, it's not an incredible matchup, but they're going to need him to run the ball well and to catch the ball and to make some moves against Carolina if they want to get the win. So I, I'm back confidently firing him up. Uh, uh, Carolina picking up all those defensive backs is, uh, you know, could pose some issues for Captain Kirk there. So they're going to be relying, I think, pretty heavily on Dalvin Cook. And we saw, uh, you know, we've seen Alexander Madison uh, when thrust into this starting role fail probably as many times as we've seen him succeed. Uh, the success has only been more recent, I believe. Uh, at least that's what it feels like to me. So I, I do think they need Dalvin Cook. They need that offensive line to stay healthy. Um, and, and we'll see what happens. You know, it's a you know, – C.J. Henderson and Stephon Gilmore, they're good, but so is Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So that could be quite the matchup to watch this week, those two cornerbacks. Gilmore, Gilmore can't play. Can't play yet? Gilmore cannot play. Okay. Well, good. That that might bode well for Adam Thielen. Um, so it's a situation where I think Carolina is trying to gather themselves a little bit. Their defense came out pretty hot, and then they stumbled a bit. Sam has, has had uh, a little bit of a regression here the last couple of weeks. He needs to not turn the ball over. Um, but Chuba Hubbard has looked decent. So it's a situation I think uh, – where if they can get pressure on Kurt, we know Kurt struggles with pressure. Kirk. Yeah. Um, I think Cook being there only helps them. If we're being honest, this Minnesota Vikings offense was very good to start off the season. That was when Cook was healthy. They can get back to that. I think this is just great news for everybody. I, I'm a little worried about Justin Jefferson, who has been dealing with the ankle injury all week. I don't think you can sit him because he's just so good. But I'm tempering expectations for him a little bit. I do think this could be a big Cook and Thielen game. He is off the injury report as well. That's good. I mean, I know I want to say he didn't practice most of the week, so maybe yeah, that is. Yeah, but why. they must have. They must have got him. I was surprised too when I went. I just went to check, and both he and Cook have come off the injury report. So. All right. Well, I mean, that's good. Then, uh, I, I mean, if he's healthy, then you're definitely feeling good. I was a little worried because, like I said, I believe he hadn't been practicing all week. But the fact that he's off the injury report, that's good. So, yeah, but Cook, I think he's in for, for a, a good game here. Carolina's defense, you know, we talked a lot about it. Were they as good as they looked because of the teams they were playing? Uh, maybe that seems to be more of the case. Uh, I think Cook's going to be in for a good game here. Dennis, CMC looks like he is going, or he has been ruled out again. I'm sorry. Uh, can Darnold, though, bounce back this week against the Vikings? Yeah, I think, uh, see, did I have Minnesota's depth chart? You know, Everson Griffin has been playing well. And, uh, you know, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, they've got some decent linebackers. Dan Daniel Hunter, still good, so. For me, it comes down to can he stop the turnovers he's had the last couple weeks? Um, if he can, um, then I think he gets back on the, the schneid or off the schneid. I, I saw a thing earlier today, uh, Scott Connor, Charles Chill uh, FF, I believe it is, on, on Twitter, posted a thing asking about um, who are the running quarterbacks uh, 
in the NFL right now. And uh, our, the Sofa Scout, Jeff Abercrombie, said uh, it was a uh, – he listed Sam Darnold, and then Scott came back and said, well, only touchdowns. He hasn't been getting any yardage. He's just been getting the touchdowns. So, I mean, I don't know if I'd consider Darnold to be a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that can run. Uh, I think he runs maybe a little better than Mahomes. Um, doesn't quite have the arm and the mental makeup, but uh, um, I like the. Uh, I, I think Darnold would be fine. Yeah, I think he has to avoid the turnovers. Minnesota's defense has been a little bit better this year than some of the sieve that we saw last year, but they're still not incredible. DJ Moore used those weapons more. Anderson, Terrace Marshall, I think they need to get back on a winning track. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, look at what they did to Baker, and I don't think it's unfair to say Baker's a better quarterback. Uh, This defense has actually been pretty good. I think a lot of this is going to be on their weapons to pick things up. And I'm going to be honest, I don't know that he bounces back without CMC because he hasn't really looked like the same quarterback without CMC being in that offense either. So I'm a little worried about Darnold. I'm not panicking on him, but I am a little bit worried about him picking up against this Minnesota defense. I think I'm going to take the Panthers to win this game. I'm, I'm, it's very close. I can see this going either way. I'm going to go Vikings just to be different. I'm taking the Panthers. All right, that takes us to what I think is going to be the best game here in the early window, and that is the 4-1 Los Angeles Chargers at the 4-1 Baltimore Ravens. Matt, we've seen Jared Cook and Donald Parham used more of late. Which tight end, if any, on the Chargers roster do you trust? Yeah, we've seen them the both get involved. That has to make Dennis happy, a big parm stand. Uh, that being said, I still think Jared Cook is the one that they're using more. Uh, maybe that changes later in the season. I have him as a high-end tight end, too. You know, I'd rather be early than late, and I'm definitely a year early on Parham. I think Jared Cook is playing mentor to Parham and showing him how to play in that Joe Lombardi offense. And when, when Parham gets in, he looks straight, he executes, and you can't teach 6 8 four, six. Um, so I, But I think Cook is the one you trust for the production. Parham is the lottery pick when you throw up in desperation. Yeah, it, it's Cook for me, and let's hope, just for my sake, because the rest of my tight ends on Scott Fishbowl in the Scott Fishbowl uh, League have been decimated with injuries. So, yeah. Jared, Same. baby. I need All you. Right, George Kittle. Yeah, uh, Logan Thomas, Max Williams, and I can't. You and I have the same Gronkowski. Yay, uh, tight ends! All right, Dennis, are you comfortable playing anyone from the Ravens' backfield? No. Am I playing somebody? Yeah, I'm playing Tyson Williams, but I am not comfortable. It's it's like somebody stole my bike seat and I got to ride home. I'm comfortable playing their best running back, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I think, we're all yards. I think we're all yeah. playing he's Lamar. Still, yeah. He's still their best running back. I didn't say he wasn't their quarterback. I just said he was their best running back. Yeah, I, I'm, I cannot wait for this game. It's going to be so good. I think whoever wins this game, I think it's going to take the lead in the MVP conversation. I mean, Kyler struggled here now. Lamar has been so good, and so is Justin Herbert. You're talking like a man that has a tattoo on the line. And... Who else picks someone in this game to be an MVP winner? I'm taking the Chargers, man. I just this team is really good, and I believe in Justin Herbert. I really do. I mean, 
I didn't. I thought he'd be at least as good. I did not expect him to take a step forward. In fact, I said I couldn't even see him taking a possibly a step back in the fact of throwing more interceptions. That's just not happening. He's been amazing. So I'm, I'm all in. Justin Herbert and the Chargers get the win here. No, I I'm going with the Ravens. Mike Williams is dinged up a little bit. I I think we've been seeing Lamar Jackson will the team to victory. He's been carrying that team. So I I want to see uh, – I, I don't care who wins because I expect it's going to be a great game, um, but I, I feel like the Ravens are going to win. I'm taking the Chargers. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 worth of free bets if either team scores just one point. It's been since 1943 that there was a 0-0 tie in the NFL. Uh, There may have been something going on at that time where there weren't a lot of great athletes playing football. Most of them were off over on the uh, Eastern Front, Northern Front, Europe fighting in the Great War. Um, So I'd say this is a no-brainer. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, DraftKings doesn't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, that takes us to the last undefeated team in the NFL, and that is the Arizona Cardinals, who are 5-0 at the Cleveland Browns. Both teams got some running back issues here. Matt, what do you make of the Cardinals' backfield? I make that it's uh, the will of sadness. Uh, James Conner probably will carry 95 times for uh, 100 yards this year, but he's going to end up with 70 touchdowns. And uh, Chase Edmonds had been – really able to overcome not getting the touchdown looks with his receiving and rushing work last week. He's a little bit banged up. I feel more comfortable starting Edmonds, but I think they're both in that group of Arizona players that you throw them in your lineup and hope for the best. I don't know. I'm a little skittish on, on uh, Arizona running game, Cleveland's defense and that defensive line, that front seven is playing really well. So I would be a bit hesitant. I, I feel like it's going to be a heavy passing game for the Cardinals. So if I'm playing multiple Cardinals outside of Kyler, it's Hopkins, it's Moore, it's Kirk, AJ Green. Can't play Zach Ertz yet. Yeah, I feel I feel more comfortable playing Edmonds in this matchup, but I, I agree with Matt. Like this is just going to be a very frustrating situation all the way down the season. 
Matt, uh, I'm sorry, Dennis, no chub who among uh, no chub this weekend. Actually, have, there's have you tried Viagra. Uh, I have still doesn't work. Uh, and unfortunately, it looks like Kareem Hunt might not play as well. So I do want to add in this <sighs> really quick. Go ahead. No, no, it's just sad. Oh, yes, yeah. Dearness Johnson or Demetric Felton? Do you trust putting either one of them in your lineups? And do you come? Do you feel comfortable starting a Browns wide receiver? Uh, let's see, we got Odell, we got Peoples Jones, we got Higgins. You know, feels like a David and Joku kind of week, doesn't it? Um, felt you know Felton's going to get some play. Jones is Dearness Johnson's going to get some play. I feel like uh, Hunt Hunt's going to carry the majority of the load. He's going to play. I, I would be surprised if he's held out. Um, but I would, if I'm playing one of Johnson or Felton, it's Felton uh, because he does. He will probably take over some of the third down work, some of the receiving work because that's kind of where uh, he goes. Um, you know, at some point, Odell and Baker got to get on the same page, right? You know, Odell didn't all of a sudden become a terrible route runner. He's still a good route runner. I know Baker's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury, but uh, I feel like Stefanski's smart enough to get that figured out. Um, I'm probably only starting Odell with any confidence, aside from a uh, you know Austin Hooper and Kareem Hunt. And Joko would be a sleeper tight end for me. Um, I would consider Felton uh, if if I knew Hunt was out. If Hunt's playing, I don't know if I trust Felton enough to feel great about having both of them out there. But it looks like there's a possibility Jarvis Landry gets activated for this game. And if that happens, I am putting Odell Beckham Jr. in my lineup. Yeah, he's already been designated to return, and we've seen this year that a lot of these guys, when they come off the short-term IR, are playing immediately. So I do think if Jarvis play, if they say he's playing Sunday, he's right into my lineup. I mean, he was good with Baker up until he got hurt, um, and he's honestly the only one outside of Njoku. I mean, I think D- Donovan Peoples-Jones could have a good game here. Unfortunately, with Odell, I'm just, I'm not starting him until I see it from him. I mean, three targets last week for one of I, I still think one of the best wide receivers in the game is just ridiculous. So until we see it, I'm not starting him. Uh, but it would be just Njoku and Landry for me. And I agree with what Matt said on the Felton situation. If Hunt is out, uh, then I'm starting Felton because I do think he's the best, as Dennis mentioned. But if if not, if Cream Hunt is in, I'm not starting anybody else. Um, you know what? I, I went against them last week, and I'm not going to do it this week. I think Arizona finally loses a game. I'm taking the Browns to win. That's my yeah, me as well. The two, three and two Las Vegas Raiders right. at the three and two Denver Rapid Broncos. Yeah. Dennis, how will this week's events impact the Raiders? Um, I think they're going to struggle. I, I, I do. I think it's going to be a challenge. I, do I think that they can bounce back in a couple weeks? I do, but I think right now, this initial first week, um, it's going to take some time for what's his name, Basaccia, Rich Basaccia. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how to like pronounce that. it. I know they pronouncing change, isn't what we're doing. So I, I know they didn't change OCs or DCs, um, but it's going to take I think a, a week, two weeks to sort of get a routine figured out there and, and get some of that stuff worked out. So yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not high on the Raiders this week. 
Yeah, sometimes you have an incident like this, and it can galvanize play, you know, players and stuff. And if they were at home, maybe I think they'd have a better chance of that. But they're going on the road to Denver. We've seen the weariness, I think, in Raiders players, coaches, and front office personnel all week as they've had to answer these questions. I think it's going to take them a little while to get on track. Might derail their season. I agree. Unfortunately, it's as good as they've looked to start this year. And I'm going to be honest. I think I'm. I don't. You may not be able to bench every single one of them based on your lineup, but I, I would be very hesitant to play any Raiders. I mean, the Broncos have a very good defense, and I just think this is going to be a. It's been a bad week for that team, Matt. We talked about it earlier in the week. I, I felt really bad for the Raiders players having to deal with all this because they really didn't do anything wrong, and I think it, it could honestly affect their performance this week. Matt, can the Broncos turn it around and end their losing streak? I hope so. They still have quite a few injuries, which isn't great, um, but they seem like they played better in the second half. To me, what is the biggest gamble for them is coaching. Yeah, I'm looking for a uh, Javante Williams breakout week. He's been playing really well. so Hard to get that on five carries a game. Yeah, very true, but I actually think it's coming. I think Javante Williams is going to have a good game this week. I'm taking the Broncos to beat the Raiders. I'm taking the Broncos right. as well. So I take everybody's silence as agreement. So we will move on to the four and one Dallas Cowboys at the two and three New England Patriots. Matt, can Trayvon Diggs get an interception in his sixth straight game? And is he the early defensive player of the year? I'll, I'll say lead. Does he? Is he have? Yeah. Is it his award to lose? I think yes on both accounts. Um, Mac Jones has not been immune from making mistakes. It's harder for him, but I think the Cowboys offense is going to put up enough points to force the Patriots to have to try to keep up, and that's where Trayvon Diggs shines. And I do think at this point in time he'd have to be the, the lead right now in Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, Diggs has been killing it. I, I, I don't think we have any reason to expect that he won't uh, have another interception. I think the only thing keeping him from interceptions is the quarterback saying, no, I'm good. I won't, I'm not going to throw it over there. Yeah. I still think he's going to have to, I, I think this is going to be a little bit better, better game than people are giving him credit for. But I, I do think he's the leader in the clubhouse right now. And uh, I definitely think he gets an interception. Why not? Dennis, do you trust starting anybody from the Patriots side in this game? It, not really. I mean, everybody is a, a low-end play. The, the tight end is a low, you, you know, 25 yards and a touchdown If you're, is what you're hoping for. You know, Mac Jones, you're hoping for a couple hundred yards and a touchdown pass. Um, you know, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Damian Harris. I mean, there's they just haven't – they haven't opened it up for Mac Jones yet. Uh, and and said, let's go. Let's just see what you can do. And I think until they do, we we aren't going to know what that offense could be. I I don't think they're going to do it this year. I think they're going to continue to play very conservative, try to grind the clock. Uh, I I think everybody on that team is a low end flex at best or not startable. Yeah, for me, it's just Hunter Henry. He seems to have some chemistry with Mac Jones, has been a touchdown target. So I, I had chance rolling him out given the state of tight end. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I still probably play Jacoby Myers. I think he's going to get probably 10 catches for 80 yards and no touchdowns. But uh, I think Myers has been pretty good in PPR leagues. Again, I think it's going to be a very close game. I, I think I think Cowboys are going to rely on Zeke heavily in this one, actually. But I, I will take the Cowboys to win uh, against the Patriots. Me as well. Yep, Cowboys for me. Moving on to the Sunday Night Football game, the 2-3 and three Seattle Seahawks at the 2-3 and three Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt, how does Geno Smith change the Seahawks offense? I don't really think he does. We saw him come in and roll out there and look good, having some success in a, in a limited role. I... He's not as dynamic as Russell Wilson, but he seemed to know how to find DK Metcalf, and that's probably a good start. They're going to do all the same things, just not as well. Yeah, I, I can. I I kind of agree with that. I'm I'm keeping everybody in. I'm not not really worried about it. Uh, Dennis, with Juju out, what are you expecting from the Steelers' passing game? I don't think you expect anything re- really different. Uh, you know, Chase. Claypool and Johnson are the top two in that offense. Uh, Maybe James Washington gets a deep shot now that uh, he'll play some more snaps. But for the most part, I think it's it's Najee Harris is the guy you want to start in that offense, followed by Deontay, then Claypool. Yeah, that's to me, I think that's how it it benefits Uh, Deontay Johnson's. The clear number one will probably be the receiver they lean on. And then I would expect more checkdowns to Harris. Yeah, Harris, I think, is in for a big game. Uh, I love Juju. I loved, if you guys did not see the video he posted of him at his foundation the other day, it was very touching, very moving. Uh, You can tell how much he loves football. I don't think this changes much for the passing game outside of probably increasing targets and and some catches for Chase Claypool. I mean, I think Deontay had been the one earlier this year. I think it just means good things for him and Claypool. And then uh, Najee continuing to be an absolute beast. Yes, I'm gonna pick the Steelers. I don't really feel Me great too. about either team here. Yeah. Yep, All right. The Monday night football game, the four and one Buffalo Bills at the three and two Tennessee Titans. Dennis, the Bills offense has been on a roll. Josh Allen and Diggs are starts, and it seems like so is Dawson Knox. Is he becoming an every week start at tight end? And how do you feel about my not Miles Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders and the running back Zach Moss and Devin Singletary? Well, I think if I remember correctly, my preseason rankings had Emmanuel Sanders as wide receiver 29, the wide receiver two uh, for uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, So I feel great about Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I kind of wish it wasn't coming at the expense of Stephon Diggs. Um, But I think Sanders is, uh, you know, he's playing really well at at 34 years old. He's getting open and uh, Josh Allen is throwing him the ball and he's catching it. I think Diggs is going to be fine. Uh, I think that's a very high-powered offense. And I think Dawson Knox is for real. He's This is, what, his third year now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, third so, year. As much as you know, we're a microwave society and we want all of our guys to produce in year one, Dawson Knox came in and he's just worked hard and he's developed a relationship with Josh Allen. He's got a good quarterback. I think that he's I, I feel kind of like there's a second tier of tight ends that is developing. Next year will be the real, uh, I guess, flashpoint for it. If some of these guys like Dawson Knox can maintain that, then it, and honestly, based on what he's produced this year, Kittle may very well be in that second tier. 
Um, we'll have to see. It, it's, but it seems like that we went from a top three and all those others to now there's like the top three or four, and then there's another three or four, and then there's all those others. Yeah, I mean, I think Knox is a clear start. Um, I'm not worried about Diggs and Allen. Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver 28 so far on the season. I think he's moved into that wide receiver three flex spot uh, throughout. Seems to be a guy they're relying on in big moments. In the backfield, I don't totally trust either of them, but I'm starting to prefer Moss to Singletary. Yeah, um, if I have to start one of the running backs, it's going to be Zach Moss and I mean, Dawson Knox is going to end up, I think, at least as tight end three, if not tight end two on the season by the end of the year. You're, he's an automatic start for me at this point moving forward. Um, I honestly think even if he only gets, like, what, 10 catches the rest of the year, he's probably still going to finish as a top 10 tight end. I mean, he's he's been amazing. He's going to continue to roll here. Matt, Derrick Henry has continued to dominate, but what about the Titans' passing game? You know, we know A.J. Brown came back last week. There's talks that Julio might be back. For this week's game, does that change anything for you? Yeah, I mean, Henry's been killing it. Um, A.J. Brown, I, I think you've got to play him. But as we talked about earlier in the week, it's been a little bit frustrating that he's not quite getting uh, the volume and stuff. I don't see Julio on the injury report anymore, which is probably a good sign that he's playing too. It's probably going to be an up-tempo game. They're going to have to throw I've moderated expectations on both Brown and Julio Jones and Anthony Ferkser, who is a guy that we thought might have potential for a breakout. I don't think he's playable at tight end anymore. Yeah. They're going to try to grind the clock and keep the bills off the field with Derrick Henry. And sometimes they're successful with it. Last year, they were very successful with it. Uh, it hasn't been as consistently successful this year, uh, but that's what their offense is going to try to do. And especially with Brown and Jones back, um, they'll try to take some shots. We'll see. I feel like Buffalo's going to be able to win this one fairly easily. Um, but, I, you know, Tannehill just hasn't been playing at the same level, and it's affected the whole offense. And then the wide receivers being injured has had that effect. Uh, the only constant so far is Henry. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked a little about this earlier in the week, Matt and I did, uh, we talked about our rankings. I think Henry's all they've got. And I, I think Buffalo might even be able to slow him down a little bit. That secondary is really good. Even if Julio comes back, I'm not expecting any of them to have a big game. I think they have to score. One of those guys going to have to score a touchdown to come through for you. Uh, Henry is really the only player. And I mean, the only player on the Titans I feel comfortable playing because he's likely going to get 20-plus carries in this game, and he probably at least will get into the end zone once, if not twice. I am taking the Bills to win this game. Circle the wagon. All right, so that will do it for us today. Uh, Good luck to everybody in your matchups this weekend. Hope you guys are able to come away with the win. Matt, Dennis, and myself will be back on Monday to recap everything that happened here in Week 6. Let's hope we don't get a lot more injuries again this week because – it's been a little bit brutal (sighs) outside of that everybody enjoy your weekends we'll talk to you guys again on monday prepare for glory i don't know if you got your popcorn ready do you got your popcorn ready i came out the room already and he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown i would be honored if you played football for this team throw it up above his head they can't jump with me golly Only tackle them for 40 yards. Who can make a play? I can't.